we are moving through the world of grief and death in different ways in our family right now. So that is what this week's episode of the podcast really is about. I do my best to answer some near unanswerable questions like, how do you talk to your children about death? Is there a right or wrong way to grieve? And do we ever really say goodbye? It's a heavy week for us over here. And this was a hard episode for me to record. Thank you for being here. Sometimes in life, skepticism can serve you well. It can save you money, keep you from wasting a day at a timeshare presentation, and help you avoid spreading gossip. To be honest, when I am faced with a new scenario, I usually tend to be a skeptic until something proves me wrong. And if you're like me, you can probably spot a too-good-to-be-true health hack from a mile away and read labels like it's your job. That's where ritual comes in. They know that every good skeptic deserves a multivitamin that exceeds your standards. Their clinically backed Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin has high quality, traceable key ingredients in clean bioavailable forms. Take two delayed release capsules per day that optimize your body's absorption and you'll get nine key nutrients. Rituals Essential for Women is USP verified, so you know you can trust what you're putting in your body. Only about 1% of supplement brands on the market have the USP verified mark, which shows the product contains the ingredients actually listed on the label. On top of that, Ritual multivitamins are vegan, non-GMO project verified, gluten and major allergen free, certified B Corp and made traceable. I take my vitamins every morning with breakfast. It's part of my daily ritual and I feel so good doing it. No more shady business. Rituals Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com slash yoga girl. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash yoga girl for 25% off. Let's jump in. Welcome back to the show, my darlings. Hello, hello. It's time for a brand new episode of From the Heart with Rachel Brayton. I have been sitting here for quite some time trying to ground myself a little bit, just sitting here with my feet grounded to the earth, eyes closed, hands to my belly, just breathing I don't know how I'm going to get through this podcast. I mean, I always get through the podcast, even if even if I'm having a really hard week or going through something crazy. Yeah, there in the six years of this show, I have never not made it through a podcast episode. But I'm in that place right now where I feel like I have so much adrenaline moving through my body. Um, You know that feeling when you're in a little bit of um, survival mode a little bit, and as long as you keep going, as long as you maintain a high pace, as long as you just keep your eye on the ball and you just move forward, you're fine. And then the moment you actually stop, the moment you actually pause, the moment you get a second to yourself, then everything just sort of crumbles. (laughs) I don't know if you know what I'm talking about, but anyway, that's what... That's the space I'm in right now. And the fact that I'm sitting here 
an hour to myself about to record this podcast. That this is the first moment I've had to myself. Um, undisturbed in, uh, yeah, in what feels like a really long time. So let me uh, let me start from the beginning. So we are in the Netherlands right now, Dennis, Leah, and I. We have been here for a week, and last week before we before we uh, got on the plane to come here was just deeply, deeply chaotic. The past couple of weeks have been very, very chaotic in, in a lot of different ways. And um, the reason we are in Holland right now is that Dennis's little sister, Liefe, who is 21 years old, Leah's auntie, she is dying from cancer. And uh, yeah, she was diagnosed a, a year ago, almost exactly. And uh, haven't haven't talked about this on the podcast a lot. I mean, it's 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 a very deeply personal journey that the family has been on, and it's Dennis's side of the family. Uh, I haven't wanted to to expose or you know get into details or talk about what's happening there because you know in a really big way it's not my story to tell. Um, I think Dennis was on the show at some point last year where he mentioned that it's happening and kind of what he's been going through and how it's how it's been for him, but just very briefly. But it's been one of those things that it, it's been the undercurrent of, of our lives for the past one year, for the past year, that even in the really great highs and amazing things that have been happening and even in moments of genuine stability and joy there has been that kind of like this this foundational un- undercurrent of um, we have a family member going through the worst and this deep uncertainty that cancer brings right what is it gonna what is it gonna lead lead to what is gonna happen is it gonna be okay is it you know what are the options and the roller coaster of, of navigating that and uh, I know many, many, many people listening to this podcast right now have been down this journey. <laughs> Cancer is fucking everywhere. I don't, I don't know if I know anyone who is completely unaffected, right? Who doesn't know someone or has a family member, friend, parent, grandparent, someone who has dealt with cancer on some level. You know, it really, really is everywhere. And uh, the the thing that makes this, I guess, or that has made this unbearable, I mean, I think all, all cancer, every cancer diagnosis is scary. However it happens, it's going to be horrible. I mean, it's never... It's never going to feel like an okay thing, right? But in this case, yeah, it's, 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 she's so young, you know, it feels so, it feels so wrong, right? It feels so reversed. It feels, it feels very unfair, you know, and if it was one of our parents going through this now or one of our grandparents, 
it would still feel wrong and unfair because it's a, an illness that is wrong and unfair. But when it's a child, you know, um, and although, of course, you know, she's, she was 20 when she was diagnosed, it's not like she's a, a little baby, but it's still, it's still, yeah, she has her whole life ahead of her, or had her whole life ahead of her, and uh, just feels deeply unfair, deeply, deeply, deeply unfair. So uh, I'm not going to go into <laughs> the the details and the grittiness of, of all the stuff, mostly because it's not my my story to tell, but just from the perspective of of our from our end, right? To have a um, to have a family member move through something like this, and then navigating that with Dennis, it's his little sister, and Dennis's dad and his dad's wife, who's. Leia basically has, she has a couple of grandmas, so she has a, she has Oma, which is Dennis's mom who lives in Aruba, and then she has Murmur, or Mumu, who's my mom, who lives in Sweden, and then she has Janneke, who is Dennis's dad's wife, um, and I grew up exactly like that, I had my grandma on my, on my mom's side, my Murmur, my mom's mom, and then I had my grandma on my dad's side, who we always called Ami, everybody calls her Ami, her name is Anne-Marie, but no one, we never called her grandma, we always just called her Ami. And then I had a Sanna, <laughs> um, which is my grandpa's wife, um, him and my grandma uh, separated when I was one. So my whole life on my dad's side, I had two grandmas. And uh, Leah has grown up exactly the same her whole life on her dad's side, she has two grandmas. And uh, if I look back one more generation, my mom grew up exactly like that. Her, she had kind of two moms. She had a stepmom who was very much like her real, you know, her, her mom, mom. And then she had her mom. So she had two moms and I had two grandmas on my mom's side as well. We have this kind of pattern in both of our families where we are blessed with many mother and father figures and grandfather and grandmother figures and and I, I feel, yeah, it's never felt for us like we have all these split families, you know, a lot of like divorces and people starting new marriages and new family. Like it's never felt like a split or a separation because it's all Dennis and I have ever known. It's only ever felt like we have more, you know, like we get to have, we get to have more. We have a bigger family. And, uh, for Leia here in Holland, she has her opa and she has her Janneke and then she has her auntie and her uncle. And they are very, it's been, I've spent a lot of time this week just in awe and in so much gratitude of, of this side of the family, deeply, like just deep, deep, deep gratitude. Dennis's dad and this whole side of the family, they're so playful they're so easygoing, like everything with them is just easy. I don't know how to explain it. It's a, it's different from the energy of my side of the family, which for me feels just complex at times and sometimes it's heavy and, you know, and when we get here, especially seeing that through Leia's eyes, it's just play, like 
when she's in a room with her opa, it's 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 like she's in a room with her best friend. I mean, he will roll around on the floor. The whole family here, they will roll around on the floor playing with her, you know, they, they can be in the park for hours, hours and hours and hours. Like I, I will go to the playground with her to the park and I get bored after a while. I mean, like any, <laughs> any parent knows that feeling of like, okay, enough. Like here, like the play and the lightness and the, the childlike just joy of being together, it's never too much. And I get, yeah, I get very very sad thinking about that and happy thinking about that because it's so it's so special like it really is so special when I look back at my own childhood you know the amount of people and grown-ups and role models and you know family members and I never had a like I never had a big brother or a big sister I never had aunties and uncles in that way um they were all very grown right with kids of their own which is a different energy and Leia gets to have like her aunties and uncles are in their 20s and I can't remember having I don't know like a parental figure who would just play and play and play you know I think a lot of parenting and it's just so much responsibility and we're tired and there's a limit to how much we can play right we have like bills to pay and things to get done and work to do and so and so and and here on this side of the family there's just so much play all the time even when there's bills to pay you know even when there's responsibilities like even with cancer (laughs) like even like as they are losing a child right? Like Leia's opa is still, yeah, he's still playing with her. Like it's the only thing that matters. And I find it, it makes me so emotional even just to talk about because it's so beautiful. Like it's so, so special. It really, really is, you know, like they don't tire of her. They don't get tired from playing, you know, in the park three hours later, they're still going and it's still fun and it's still light and it's, yeah. And it's just, I've always known that, like, we've always been so happy that she has like her opa and her Yannicke and her auntie and her uncle and that they have so much fun with her. You know, it's always like a relief to spend time with them because it's so easy especially with Leia, like it's so, so easy. But this week, because I, it's a very heavy week, right? It's a very, very hard, hardest time of, of their lives, right? Like it's the hardest time. And I don't know, I think I was expecting everything to just feel so heavy all the time. And for, for this to be this grieving, just, you know, like I've been, I've seen a lot of death in my life. I've been through not exactly this but death before and somehow like every day here like there's still room for play and there's still room for joy and there's still room for gratitude and closeness and love and 
yeah, and it's just very, very, very special. And I'm equally grateful and happy and just in awe about it as I feel heartbroken about it because this is like a, a little constellation of people that is going to be missing a person. And it's so, it's so wrong, right? It's so unfair. It's so like Leia's going to, yeah, for the rest of her life, she's going to be missing an auntie. You know, how, how is that? Like, how do you navigate that? How, how do you, how do you move forward with that? And, uh, I know people are genuinely asking because I'm asking, like, this is a question we ask, like, how do you move forward from that? Like one step at a time, I guess one foot in front of the other. And I think the way our family here is, is doing it now, which is to, to continue looking for those glimpses of light, right? To still make space to be in the park and to play with your with your grandkid and with your niece like just that, that there's still that yeah there's still that light in the dark somehow i don't know how it's possible but it's there Mothers deserve the absolute best so this mothers day spoil the moms in your life with little luxuries from osea Osea's skin and body care is the perfect way to remind all the moms, mother figures, caregivers, grandmothers, and mother-in-laws in your life to make time for themselves. If you have been looking for the perfect gift, I recommend Osea's Andaria Algae Body Oil. I've been using it for years and it seems like every single time I apply it, I get compliments on my skin. This body oil is rich, but it's never greasy and it's clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity. Your skin will feel more sculpted and toned and you'll be left feeling silky, soft and glowing. Another favorite of mine is the Undaria Collagen Body Lotion. Ever since I've been using collagen, I have noticed a difference in my skin. In fact, it's never been better. Using Osea's body oil and lotion together is a mega moisture duo, giving you a full body glow. Osea's products are infused with our signature Andaria seaweed, but it's also clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified. Really just a perfect gift for yourself, the moms in your life, and even the planet. Spoil the moms in your life with clean, vegan skin and body care from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with the code YOGA at oseamalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to oseamalibu.com and use the code YOGA for 10% off. So, yeah, the cancer diagnosis that she has, it's called osteosarcoma. And it's a very rare form of cancer it's a cancer that forms in the joints most often so it's often starts in the knees or in the elbows or in the ankles or wrists it's like a peripheral kind of cancer and uh it affects children mainly from 15 15 to 25 like young people 15 to 25 is and they don't know why like they don't know why 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 is this like age group targeted for this kind of cancer. Like they really don't know. And um, <laughs> Dennis's sister, she's this whole family, like it, it are so healthy, always have been 
so unbelievably healthy, always outdoors, always, you know, when they go on vacation, they camp, they hike, they bike, they go for, they're out in nature constantly. Like they're very Dutch in that, in that sense, but very outdoorsy and very adventurous and just take great care of their bodies. And, you know, there's nothing absolutely nothing that this cancer can be traced to it's not and this is what's so what i hate about having these conversations like (laughs) you go to the question why like why why do some people (laughs) why does this happen to some people and then some people it doesn't you know it makes sense if you smoke cigarettes your whole entire life and then at the end of your life you get lung cancer like that i think our brains can we can connect those dots. Like we know like that can lead to that. And then sometimes that happens and it's like, okay, but like a a 20 year old who's never been sick. It's been healthy her whole life. Like who lives the healthiest, just happiest life. Like why, you know, there's no answer to that. There's no path to trace back to anything. There's no, you know, yeah, there's no reasoning to it. For uh, a lot of people, not a lot, but here in Holland, I mean, this is a small country with tons of people, only 20 people a year get this diagnosis. So it's very, 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 very rare. And that means that there's no studies, there's not a lot of funding toward figuring out how to treat it. It's just a very rare form of cancer. And for her, it started in the knee so we had the the whole family visit us in Sweden right after New Year's last year. So a year ago, yeah, sometime January after New Year's and uh, went ice skating and just did all the wintry Swedish stuff. And, um, and she was in pain then. And we were talking about it like, oh, maybe I've been, maybe I sprained my knee or, you know, like I have to go to physio or just get some answers because it's like, yeah, it like she just had a little, like a bit of pain in her knee. No big deal, right? The way I get pain, <laughs> the way you get pain, the way, like just a regular, normal side of the knee kind of pain. And um, went to physio and they were like, you need an x-ray. <laughs> and then went to get a scan and uh, was sent immediately to the oncologist. And it turns out it's, 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 terminal like it's 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 not curable not something you you fix um and it was metastasized in different parts of her body it wasn't just because in a lot of cases as far as from what i've read and learned that if it's contained to a limb in some of these cases amputation can can um help and in some cases even heal um literally you know getting rid of the limb that has the cancer if the cancer hasn't spread elsewhere. And then that in combination with treatments and chemo and, you know, all the things. But in her case that, yeah, it didn't work. So this whole past year has just been, it's also why why Dennis has spent a lot of time in Holland over the past year. And it's been this roller coaster of okay, well now this is this, this seems to be working. She's going to have more time, and then we can figure things out. And then it got worse, and then it got a little better, and then it got worse, and then there was hope, and then there was no hope. 
And then what's so, or what for, I think for everyone right now is so hard to understand is how quickly it's moving now in the very, in the very end. That somehow she went from having surgery, having her leg amputated, and getting fitted for a prosthetic, got a hand bike, you know, one of those bikes you bike with your hands so she could navigate the city again and had a lot of energy and she was going to go back to finish her thesis because she's almost done with her studies and there was just like a lot of forward momentum and almost normalcy and I was, yeah, both me and Dennis were like, okay, well, like we know it's still cancer, it's always going to be cancer, it's and it's terminal cancer, so it's not, but, yeah, but neither of us had, had at all wrapped our heads around that this is like, like, like she's actually going to die. Like there was no, I don't know, even though the, the prognosis was so bad from the beginning and really, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think anyone actually thought that, that, that we would get here. You know, I, I don't know, in my head, and I'm trying to look back at it now, like, was I just naive or, you know, not accepting that? Or I I just thought she would have years and years of, like, figuring out life with one leg, you know, like that. that's a journey. That's a huge, massive, massive journey. And then maybe there would be ups and downs and maybe hospital stays, but then they, you know, they would figure it out. And then she would get back to her life again. And that, I don't know, that there would be lots of time. That's, that's, that's at least what I was very convinced of. And especially these past months that felt so hopeful and like chemo worked really well for her. Chemo doesn't work for everybody. And for this, these kinds of cases, they were very negative they were like, it's probably not going to make a big dent, but we'll try. And then it worked amazingly. Like it really, it really worked. And then that together with the amputation, there was just a lot of optimism all of a sudden. And then within one week or something, within a very short period of time, all of a sudden, like she just wasn't okay anymore. And then they went in for a scan and it's worst case scenario and it's everywhere now. And there's nothing that can be done. And um, yeah, she went from, you know, biking around the city, meeting friends <laughs> to, um, yeah, we haven't seen her leave her bed since we came here. And she probably won't. And um, it's just, yeah, it's just really unbearable and at the same time I'm trying to stay just very grounded and steady and you know because it's more you know it's it's a grief for me of course I love her I mean she's my sister-in-law it's a grief for Leia it's, she's Leia's auntie you know, it's grief for Dennis like it's his little sister it's his dad's and his Yannicka's daughter. I mean, she's their child. It's just the the levels of pain and the levels of grief. It's yeah, 
in a, in a big way, I feel like I'm just, I'm on the periphery of the pain, you know, I don't want to take up a lot of space in the pain. I want to just kind of be there and try to be a very steady presence for Dennis and for Leia. And at the same time, I, I feel just deeply like I'm trying to not, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to not acknowledge, I think, or maybe let myself feel the extent of the pain that I actually feel. Because I think if I do, then it's just going to be very hard for me to remain steady for, for my husband and for my daughter. Right. But it this it's shit. It's absolute fucking shit. I I have no other words to, to like really describe it. It's absolute shit. And when we found out, like, oh, it's happening because right as we came, like a little bit before a week ago, all of a sudden it was like, we're out of time. Like it's happening now, you know. It was kind of like we have to throw ourselves on the plane now and we might miss her. Like she might pass and we might miss it and not get to say goodbye, which is just not an option, right? And of course that week, last week, was just, <laughs> it was, oh God, it was all the things. It was, uh, I don't know how it happened. I have had this whole year this whole pregnancy, no plans. I'm not doing anything, I'm not going anywhere. And um, last week, I was supposed to be in London. I had bought my my best friend uh, a concert ticket, like a really spontaneous, like three day trip we were supposed to take to go to London to watch our our favorite artist in concert or play. And then that weekend was the, is the wedding of my best, one of my best friends since little. And, uh, I was supposed to be his, <laughs> he was my bridesmaid in my wedding. If you've ever seen any wedding pictures from me and Dennis, like I had my bridesmaids and then I had a bridesmate. <laughs> so I had a, I had three, it was supposed to be four uh, girls, but my, one of my best friends passed right before. So we were three girls, three bridesmaids. And Matias, who's one of my best friends since since little, he was my bridesmate. And he was getting married this weekend, and I was supposed to be his, what did we call it in reverse, groomsmaid. <laughs> you know, like a groomsman, but I'm not a man, right? And it was a tuxedo, like all tuxedo, like very fancy, beautiful <laughs> wedding in the center of Stockholm. And I had a, I had a tuxedo fitted for pregnancy, which was very, very, yeah, that was a journey. Just even finding a tuxedo for a woman, it's like a, yeah, you can find it, but it's not that easy. And then a tuxedo for just a very pregnant, <laughs> very tired <laughs> lady. And I had one um, fitted and uh, yeah, it was just like a, like a two day thing. My mom was coming over to be with Leia for three days and Dennis and I were going to spend three days in Stockholm and yeah, I had a speech prepared. It was just, it's a big, it was a big day, right? And then this happened and uh, there's no question, 
right? There's no, like, there's no doubt. There's no, um, you know, back and forth of like, what's more important? Like, of course, like this is everything. Nothing ever would ever come close. Like we would drop everything no matter what. Like if I was birthing this baby, I would probably just like suck him back up in there and get on a plane so I could get here. You know, it's, it's, <laughs> there's nothing that would keep us from, from being here with his family as this is happening. But I find it so just universally bizarre that this is the week, right? Of all these things colliding. And so we just had to say, okay, well, we can't come. We can't go to the wedding. We're going here. It's happening. And then we couldn't find flights for the next day. Flights were crazy. It was like almost, yeah, like near impossible. And then the next day she was better. All of a sudden, yeah, she had a procedure, small procedure done. And then she felt like she was kind of herself a little bit more again. And then it became less urgent. Like, okay, we'll come in a couple days, right? Find a manageable flight. And then we were like, okay, well, and then they said, maybe come on Saturday. Saturday is probably a good day. And I'm like, well, the wedding is on Saturday. So if, if we can come Saturday, then probably we can go Sunday morning, right? If it's, if it's stable now and she's stable and okay and it's not happening now, now, like maybe we go Sunday morning and then we don't miss the wedding. And, and they were like, yes, yes, go Sunday. Sunday's great. We found great tickets um, and uh, planned for that. I canceled the, the thing that I was doing. I had already canceled the thing that was happening in, in London. It was too much. Just the stress of this and kind of the panic and the fear it was like too much and I'm too pregnant for, so just canceled all of that and then we were yeah just planning to okay leave Leah with my mom go to the wedding and then early morning the next day fly straight to Holland and then be here indefinitely like I was looking for rentals for like can we find a place to stay for a month like who knows no one can say how long is it going to be is it is it days is it weeks the doctor said weeks not months and then all of a sudden she's a little more stable but it could change in one night it can change in in an hour it could also maintain and remain stable for for weeks like it's impossible to tell right so I was looking for rentals just to see okay can we find because it's so expensive to stay here it's really crazy we can't stay for a hotel indefinitely Airbnbs are really expensive. We're in a city called Utrecht here in Holland. It's really beautiful. It's a university city. I, I, it's my, like, it's, I think the most beautiful city of, of the Netherlands that I know so far. Like I really, it's, it's really special here, but everything was so expensive and crazy. And yeah, so I was looking for, can we find a rental for a month? Cause that made more sense. Basically we could find a little apartment to do a long-term rental and that would be the same price as staying four or five nights somewhere you know it does like it's it's crazy and uh we were trying to get that together my brother's taking our dogs it's like one of the I don't want to call it a blessing but it's easier to get a dog sitter with two dogs than three all of a sudden like it's very very hard for one person to take care of three dogs so we always had a very hard time leaving and then like a past and now yeah 
it almost feels a little serendipitous that she our dog Laika passed away a few weeks ago and then all of a sudden we have to leave in a hurry and we need someone to take care of all the dogs and my brother was very easy for him to to help with no notice and uh yeah we were just planning for that and also of course feeling a worry feeling a stress and you know and then all of a sudden I think it was Tuesday yeah we were supposed to fly on Sunday the wedding was on Saturday and I think Tuesday or Wednesday was like oh it's like panic like it's it's bad come now and we canceled everything and dropped everything and changed the tickets and and uh, flew in Thursday morning and uh, and now we are living in this if I sound out of breath it's because I am deeply out of breath okay I'm just sitting here talking but I uh, this belly this baby is so humongous um, I am constantly out of breath I, I am I'm, I am a hundred weeks pregnant okay that's what it feels like Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. But yeah, so now we've been here a week and it feels like we are in like a little black hole in time. Like, I don't know, like we are in some alternate universe. Like there's no, I don't know what day it is. <laughs> I don't know, like we don't know what time it is. We don't know what we're doing. We don't know what's happening. We have no routine, rhyme, reasoning of any kind. Um, and it's also very bizarre because it's just like a very strange trip because we can't we can't see her all the time it's too much, like it's too much, it's too much for her to have an apartment full of people and people they're visiting all the time and especially Leia and it's like Leia comes in and I think the first 20, 30 minutes it like elevates the whole space, everyone's so happy to, you know, it, it brings this beautiful energy into the room but then very quickly it reaches a point where it's too much, it's just too much to have a, a, a kid there and She's in a lot of pain and absolutely exhausted. And it's just very, 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 very sensitive and hard. And then I don't want to, you know, it's it's hard to tell a six-year-old to sit quietly and just be quiet. And it's also not, I don't think, good for her to feel like she's in the way, you know, like she's a burden there. So usually like half an hour in and someone will take her to the park and then the rest of us will kind of stay and just be but the longest we've been able to stay in one go was, yeah, like maybe two hours before it's too much for her. And 
And um, so it's just very limited, like the time. It's not like we're here and all day, every day, we're just by her side, like it doesn't work. And um, so that means we have a lot of like just time in the day. And we're staying at a hotel and I'm really grateful we, we get to do that and that we have a place to stay because it was really hard to find something close by. But it's not like we have a place, it's not like we live here and we just go home and go about our, our day, right? It's not possible. So it's like we're on this quasi weird vacation, except it's definitely not a vacation. And for most of the day, we're just trying to spend past the time right? Like we're just like exploring the city and walking around and like we wake up and have breakfast and then we're just walking around all day, which would be lovely if it was a regular time, right? If we were just here visiting the family or we were here for a weekend vacation, we were here for a normal trip, like that would be great. Like that's something that sounds like, how fun is that to like, you know, explore a new city and go shopping and find nice restaurants to go to like that's like great right except it's not great (laughs) I mean I'm like of course you know (sighs) yeah it's not great the feeling is like we're aimlessly wandering around town and it's beautiful and it's like cobblestone streets everywhere and churches and parks and canals i mean anyone visiting the netherlands you should visit utrecht like it's really beautiful and people are so kind and there's good restaurants like everything is like good here like it's a good place to be but we don't know like we don't know what's happening just walking around trying to keep leia entertained and then waiting waiting to get to go see her waiting for a call waiting to hear is today a good day is it a bad day is it happening is there time is this medication working is she in less pain you know so even things that normally would be yeah that would be enjoyable like they're like it's not nothing nothing isn't enjoyable and at the same time there's so much love like i said in the beginning there's so much play like that yesterday, Leia's opa, then is his dad. He went with us to the railway museum, uh, which is something I highly recommend. <laughs> I could basically give like a, I could write like a, like a, a guide of Utrecht. Like we've done all the things you can do now. We've we've walked down every street. We've been everywhere. We've seen everything. It's been a week, and it's not like a summer week either. You know, it's like raining and. We had two nice days and then since then it's just been raining and dark and yeah, <laughs> but I, I feel like I could write like a guide to Utrecht, like places to eat, and where to get the good like coffee and yeah. Um, so we went to the railway museum and that would be at the top of my list of places to go and things to do, especially if you have kids, but I would also go without kids because it was just a cool place to be. You can even take a train from Amsterdam and it stops inside of the museum (laughs) how cool is that like you take the train from Amsterdam it stops inside the railway museum um, where you just like explore (laughs) basically like trains (laughs) and um and there's lots of rides it was just a really great place for kids lots of things to do like little rides and little things but anyway and 
Dennis's dad, he was there all day with us. Like he was, I don't know, we were there for five hours or something, like crazy amount of time. We were there like all day. And uh, and he's just like so happy to be with us and to be with Leia. And, and then of course there's this constant like cloud overhanging everything, you know, that this horrible thing is happening at the same time. And every time we sit down and we have a conversation, like that's where the conversation goes. And and after a while, it's like hard. Like, what else do you say? Like, you run out of words. It's just happening. It's it's the biggest, worst trauma you could ever go through. And it's happening. There's nothing anyone can do. You know, like no words, make it better. There's nothing to fix. There's nothing. <sighs> yeah, I've stopped asking now. Like, can I, can I do something? Can I do something for someone? Like, for anyone? Like, can can we, like bring food can we provide something can we like clean can we like be a shoulder for someone who needs a shoulder like is there's there's nothing but to just be there right to just be with each other and that part about grief like overall that big unknown that big need to just surrender in the end when there's no more doing, because I think the whole journey forward through illness is as there's always a next step, right? There's always a next thing. There's always the potential for the next thing. There's always the next kind of treatment or the next kind of opinion, or there's always like something to grasp at. And then when you get to the place of like, there's nothing left now, there's no more doing. There's just accepting, right? It's just surrendering. It's just letting go now I find that part just so unbearably difficult and like I look at Leia and how somehow that piece for her is it seems less complicated than it is for me like we have been talking about death for a long time since she was you know, little and and able to understand things cognitively and we start having conversations. I mean, she's always known about the people in our lives that passed before she was born. We talk about my best friend who passed when she was 24. She's That's been like an aunt for her, but it's an aunt that she says she has on the other side, her auntie Andrea. And she goes through these cycles of talking about her a lot and you know, dreaming about her and she's very present for her. Always, 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 even though they never met, even though she passed two years before, three years before Leia was born, um, you know, she would yeah make drawings of her. And then all of a sudden, like, we're not talking about her at all. Cause it's not like we talk about Andrea all day. It's been nine years since she passed. And all of a sudden Leia comes out with this big story and big questions and telling us about like how Andrea met her when she was on the moon before she was born and what she's doing, what she told her and that sometimes when she's sad or something happens at school, she just puts her hands to her heart and she knows knows Andrea is there so she never feels alone. Like she just has a lot of, I mean, big feelings and big thoughts and big, yeah, like it's not this strange, scary thing that we don't speak about like death death is something we talk about 
And I've tried to make an effort to keep it that way. Um, for me growing up, death was this unspoken thing. You know, there was a lot of death. We had a huge trauma around death when I was five and my stepfather died. And that trauma was so big. It was so horrible. It almost, you know, ripped the family apart, almost destroyed everything. And then it was kind of like to move forward from that. He died in an accident. We had to like rip out the chapter, that whole chapter of our lives. We had to rip out <laughs> and pretend it never happened. Not talk about it, not mention it, not go there, not ask questions, not... It was like an unmentionable thing my whole life. So for me, this, just the idea of death was so scary. It was so filled with, so, with terror. It was terror for me when I was little, death. And also this feeling like death can happen for no reason at any time. And when anyone dies, even if it's from old age, or even if it's, you know, in a more natural setting as just the end of the cycle, right? When someone at the end of their life passes away, that for me was terrifying, terrifying. Because for me, even the mention of death came along with suicide, depression, abandonment, terror, you know. And I really, really didn't want Leah to grow up like that because death is part of life. All of us will encounter death eventually. There's no avoiding it. Now, hopefully, we don't have to encounter it when we're little in a deeply traumatic ways, but oftentimes that happens. And it's out of our control. We can't control who lives or dies or how it happens or who gets sick or who doesn't or who gets in an accident or who doesn't. Like, we have no control. And I've always been just very conscious of I want to have... Like Leia look at death and her feelings around death. I want that to be grounded and calm so that when it happens in an out of control way or when it just happens, like even now, like this grief now, it for her, it's not out of control, terrifying, scary, traumatic. And the reason it's not, it's because I am not out of control scared and traumatized right if I was yeah as long as my feet are on the ground and I'm calm and I'm steady and I'm a safe space for her to go then she will make it through this and and it will always be this this horribly horribly sad unimaginable thing but it's not gonna destroy her life right it's not going to be this terrifying thing that we can never talk about. Like that's that's not what 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 death is for her the way it was for me. And I want us to be able to always talk about Liefe. The way we talk about Andrea, the way it's like it's not like she mentions Andrea and I break down and I have to leave the room and close the door because I can't take it. It's like no, we talk about her all the time. And the more we talk about her, the more present she is for me, the more good memories I remember, the more the love we shared in our relationship lives on. And I want her to have those memories of her aunt, you know, that we always speak of her smiling and remembering the love and 
who she was and how she was and how special she was and and not have this time be this scary thing that is, you know, terrifying for us to return to and even remember. And I really think the way through that is to talk about it and talk about it and talk about it and talk about it and let her ask her questions and not be scared. Because sometimes I feel like because kids are so unfiltered, right? They don't have that politeness or that sense of like what's appropriate to ask. (laughs) You know, when she first saw her with, after her, when she lost her leg, the first time she saw her without her leg, she couldn't talk about anything else. Of course not. Like imagine, like this is like a huge thing. You had two legs and now you have one leg and you used to walk and run and now you're in a wheelchair. Like, whoa, like did it hurt? That was the first thing she asked. How much did it hurt? Could she see it? Like when it happened, is there pictures of it? Is there video of it? Can she, you know, she's like very, like that's where her mind went. Like is, I, I'm, I'm trying to make sense of how this happened. Like how does an amputation work? And what does it look like? And how much did it hurt? And, you know, and I think to not be afraid of, of letting kids ask kids questions, right? Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bull and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bull and Branch's sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee, plus 15% off your first order at bullandbranch.com code odyssey. Exclusions apply. See site for details. And we came here now, and then the first day she saw her, the first question she asked, she was like, oh my God, how do your pants work? <laughs> how do the pants work? Like she was just like mind blown about like, like how does pants work if you've had your leg amputated above the knee? And then she was showing like, oh, I tuck it in here or like it works like this. And then like, it's like, oh, okay, cool. Do you want to draw? Like, does someone want to do that? You know, and then she just moves on to the next thing. Like she's just very, Yeah the way kids are, the way with kids, there's no faking it. There's no pretending. There's no, yeah. And there's also a relief to that. I think that have just the honesty there of, of what is. And she's known of course, for a whole year that she's very sick, that she's very ill and what's happening. And we talk about cancer and what cancer is. And, and she's asked, you know, earlier, is she going to die? And we say, we don't know because we didn't know that's been our answer the whole time. Like at the, eventually everybody dies, right? So it's like a hard question to answer, but it's just been, we don't know. And we focus on, you know, she's getting better and then this is happening and then that is happening. And then here's how she feels around, you know, and then all of a sudden getting to a place of, okay, well it is happening and we have to tell her now, you know, we have to talk to Leah about the fact that this is, not a potential something in the future that we should be aware of and is happening, but it's it's now. And it was a couple of days before we left. She had her birthday, like Leah's birthday was that week. All right. <laughs> that was last, that was a week ago, two weeks ago. I don't know what is time even, like what is time? 
when I recorded the spring equinox practice, which was last week's episode, I was crying so hard, I couldn't get through anything else. <laughs> I had to, I wanted to do like a little 10 minute kind of intro, like here's what's happening and where we are and and I couldn't do it. So I was really, it was a blessing that that was the spring equinox week because we got to have a practice and you didn't have to hear me sniffling <laughs> through another episode like I'm doing now. But we had Leia's birthday that week. It was like, that's what, that was what was happening. Leia's birthday party, <laughs> Leia's birthday. I was supposed to be in London and then we had a two day wedding and then Holland. Like how do those five things fit in one week <laughs> in when we haven't had anything happen at all, like for months and months, completely free, most boring lives you can imagine. And then everything in one week, like it was just wild. And we didn't want to tell her, like, right, we didn't want to tell her on her birthday party. We didn't want to tell her on her birthday. So we waited till the day after. And I didn't know how she was going to how she was going to react because we'd just been through Laika and we just said goodbye to, yeah, to one of our dogs and she got to be there and it was a big journey, right? But she was also very accepting of it. She was very, she just knew, she, she, she understood, like, this has to happen. This is it now. So I kind of had this idea that maybe she's going to be ass- yeah, maybe she's just going to right away, just she's going to understand what's happening or maybe she's not going to react at all because it feels so strange and so far away. And how can you really understand? Like one thing is understanding that your dog is going to die at the end of her life, right? But this does not make sense. This is not someone who lived their whole long life and is at the end now. Like this is not natural. It's not what's supposed to happen. It's wrong. Like I feel that it with every bone in my body, it's just wrong. So it's a harder thing to explain to a child because I don't agree. Like I could tell her that, yeah, Laika is dying and she's 14 and that's like a hundred years old in dog years. And, you know, she had such a long life and now she's so old and so sick. Like there's a natural order to that. And I can explain that in a grounded way because I believe in it. But this, I don't believe in it. I don't, I, I can't, there's not a bone in my body that can say that this was meant to happen. Like, no, this is all fucked. It's all wrong. It's all reversed. It's not right. It shouldn't happen. It's unfair. And somehow communicating that to her, I just knew like this is, yeah, I don't know how she's going to react at all, you know. And so, yeah, we, we told her what was happening and she broke down. I mean, can't even really let myself think about that night because it was so horrible. Yeah, she cried and cried and cried and cried and it felt almost like adult tears. I don't know how to explain it. It, it didn't feel like a kid cry. It was a deep, you know, like breakdown, like, no, you know, like, I don't want my auntie to die. She just kept repeating that, like, she doesn't want it. And she cried and cried and then I cried and 
ja, for Dennis, it's, oh, yeah, anyway, and then since we got here, um, she actually hasn't cried that much a few times, but not there, not with her, not with the family there. It's like she's, I don't know, things feel almost nearly normal when Leia's there and we're eating or drawing or, you know, doing things or talking and, and the, the way I notice in Leia now that this is, of course, you know, deeply affecting her is just throughout the days when we're going about like those days we have when we're just walking. She's very sensitive. She's very close to tears a lot. We were on our way to a museum the other day. And then as we get there, we realized they just closed. Like we didn't know. And she had a meltdown, just complete meltdown. And that's not her way. Like she doesn't, yeah, it's just not her. She, she doesn't do that. I know a lot of six-year-olds do, but she just, she doesn't have, uh, yeah, she does. She doesn't, it's rare for her to have those big reactions that seem almost like impossible to rein in. Yeah, she was so, so completely distraught and she's had a lot of those moments where little things that normally wouldn't bother her, that she would just shrug her shoulders at and we move on to the next thing are very big it's just that she's very close to all of her emotions all the time and I guess I am <laughs> too like this week I've had I don't know stupid stuff got the wrong food at a restaurant started crying <laughs> you know <laughs> like things that don't matter at all like little things little frustrations things not working out and daily whatever and I'm like Leia right I'm like except I don't lie down in the street crying. I just, (laughs) I'm very adult and pregnant about it. And I just like (laughs) quietly get resentful or upset or sad. (laughs) Then later, like, oh, that was not about that food. (laughs) That came in with the wrong, like that, that, you know, obviously it's just emotions are very high and all over the place. And yeah. And that's just where we are. So we don't know how long we're staying. Uh, we have tickets for the end of the week to go back, but we don't know. Like we don't know. I, it's also part of what makes this very challenging. Of course, it's just logistics and what the hell does that matter in the big scheme of things? But not knowing how, yeah. Yeah, Dennis thinks we'll be on that flight unless there is a drastic change. Because now the past few days have been very stable, like very kind of the same every day. Not worse, not better, just stable. And uh, he thinks it's better that we go back home and Leah can go back to school and then we can be on a plane within one day, right? There's like five flights a day or more. Yeah, five flights a day, at least with KLM that we always fly. And we live 25 what, minutes from the airport. We live very close to the airport. So we can easily return when we need to. But I don't know. I have a feeling like it's not going to... I don't know. I just have a feeling we're not going to be on that flight. And not knowing is uh, it's just is what it is. Yeah. So anyway, 
I'm trying to remember what I just shared on this podcast. I cannot really. <laughs> I'm sitting here with this humongous belly. People keep stopping me in the street to ask if I'm having twins. That is just like a regular thing that happens now. <laughs> it looks like I am 45 weeks pregnant. I am not. Um, but I guess maybe just to ground into a little bit. Hmm, just how I'm doing, I guess. I Like I'm okay. You know, I feel like I have a lot of perspective it is what it is. If I could change something or fix something right now, I would. If I can make anything better, I would. And we're just in one of those places where we just, we're just, it's like we're on a big sea and we're just floating along. And I'm just really grateful that there is so much closeness and so much love. And that, yeah. I'm really grateful that 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 this time because this time could also easily be filled with panic. Right? Just complete panic. It could feel traumatic just being here and it's it's not it's very quiet. It's very calm. There's still so much joy and so much play and so much sadness and it's like it's all okay somehow that it's all just is what it is and at the same time underneath I think I feel really angry (laughs) like I feel that 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 feeling that it's so unfair and shouldn't happen like I have a lot of anger around that and I also feel a lot of worry like I feel worried about Dennis really 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 worried about him and his parents here and worry about his other brother and I don't know I worry because this is also this like we're suspended in time now and I know there will be an after and we haven't reached that after yet and there is no telling what that's going to be aside from what it is right and I feel scared about that yeah And I also know that we are doing everything we can and just being here and putting one foot in front of the other and staying close like it's literally all we can do. So I uh, don't know what next week's podcast will be. I kind of wish, this is maybe selfish of me, I wish I had a bunch of those little practices I could just throw at you in case a week is too overwhelming. And um, But I also feel calm now, just having shared a little bit about where we are and what's going on. And also knowing that there are so many people who are moving through the world of cancer every single day. And it's kind of like, you're either in it or you're not. And I also feel like I'm I'm just on the periphery, right? I'm not in it. I'm not living it. I'm just here on the outside walking around a beautiful city waiting to spend time with family. You know, it's also this very blessed place to be somehow. I don't know. I don't know. 
I'm grateful and I hate everything. <laughs> I don't know how those things go together, but it's like, I'm grateful and everything sucks. <laughs> like, there's love and joy and play and just, it's horrible. <laughs> and somehow all of these things just exist at the same time. And I guess that's what navigating grief really is, right? Everything allowed. There's no right or wrong way to do it. You just hold your people close. So I'm going to go. I'm sorry for bumming you out. Thank you for uh, just, I know a lot of people are sending thoughts and prayers and love, and there's a lot of light and support out there in the world. And you know there's a lot of you thinking of Dennis right now and his family, and it's just very, very appreciated. So thank you. And um, I'll be back next week. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoy the show, make sure you listen, rate, review, and follow all episodes of From the Heart with Rachel Brayton. This was a presentation of Cadence 13 Studio, and I'll see you next week.